Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I'm going to have you uh, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse 30 through 38. This morning I'm going to be speaking from the subject of it's in the doing. Someone say it's in the doing. doing. Come on, say it's in the doing. doing. Mark 6 starts like this. It says, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had been, what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding countries and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that as a result of it, let us never, ever be the same again. In Jesus name, we all say, Amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Have you ever listened to someone pour out their heart to you? I mean, they call you up because they're going through something and they begin to pour out their heart to you. They're, 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 they're just telling you their problems and, and they're crying, they're snot running down their nose. They, they're, they're, they're just spilling their heart out to you. And you're sitting there listening with compassion, but inside of you, you're saying, this is such an easy fix. Like, why, why, are, why, why is this concerning you so much? This is such an easy fix, but nonetheless, you're, you're still listening to them. Maybe as a husband, you'll understand when your wife comes home from having a hard day at work and she begins to tell you what's going on. And inside of you, you're saying, I got this. I could, I could fix this. But if you're a smart husband, you stay silent because you know if you give her the solution to the problem, you're going to be in trouble. Right. So you just sit there and, and you listen to what's going on. And, 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 and I could see that Jesus finds himself in this situation because sometimes what seems impossible to solve is solved by simply doing. Someone say it's in the doing. It's in the doing. They encounter a problem. The Bible says that they are, they, they've been ministering all day and Jesus has taken them away to a deserted place, a place where no one's going to bother them, a place where no one's going to be at. And so as they get to this deserted place, the people were so attracted to Jesus, something drew them to Jesus to a place where they followed him. And the Bible says that even before Jesus and his disciples get to the place, the people are already there. They went to go get some relaxation. Have you ever been to a place where you just wanted to get away? And the moment you get away, your phone starts ringing. 
The moment you want to get away, all of a sudden there's problems that you've got to attend to. You went there with the intention to rest. But the Bible says that when they get there, people have needs. They follow Jesus. There was a desire. There was something that was attracting to them uh, about Jesus. They, they knew the miracles. Some people walked in with hurt. Some people walked in because they wanted greater teaching. Something about Jesus drew them. They went to there with a desire in their heart. Let me ask you this morning, what have you come here with today? What desire do you have in your heart this morning? What drew you here today? You might have come to say, well, I've come to honor Chaplain John. That's what drew you here. But what desire is in your heart? What situations are you going through right now? The people showed up to Jesus because they had a need. And when Jesus sees them, although they were there to get some relaxation, the Bible says he looks at them and he has compassion on them. You see, they went there to get some rest. But something interrupted their rest. And the Bible says that they run into this problem where now it's been a long time. And it says that Jesus taught them many things, meaning this, that Jesus was a long-winded preacher. Jesus taught from sun up to sundown. The, 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 the sun's going down now, and the Bible says that the disciples see a problem. And they begin to talk amongst themselves. Jesus has been preaching all day. These people are hungry. We got to get them something to eat. And the Bible says this, that they go to Jesus and say, listen, these people have to eat. And Jesus tells them, well, you feed them. You feed them. You see, the disciples had the ability to point out the problem. But they didn't have the ability to fix the problem, so they thought. They pointed out the problem that there's a lot of people. The Bible says that, that or, or, or theologians say that there's 5,000 men that are there, but they didn't count women and, 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 or their wives and their children. So there could have been around fifteen to 25,000 people there in the crowd. And the Bible says that people are hungry. They've been waiting there all day. Have you ever been around people who are irritable and hungry? They have a term for that. It's called hangry. Have you ever been hangry before? Like, man, this, this guy, ain't, maybe you're hangry right now. Like, pastor, you better hurry it up. I hope you're not like Jesus and the long-winded preacher that you're going to preach till sundown. Maybe you're hangry right now. People, good people change when they're hangry. <laughs> Things begin to change when they're hungry, they're running into what they see as a complex problem. We don't have enough food and there's too many people here. We're in a deserted place. You see, I really do believe that there is a simple fix to the complex problems of the world. I believe that homelessness could be solved very easily. I believe that sex trafficking can be solved very easily. Hate, discrimination, Drug addiction, murder, world hunger can all be solved very easily. Now, I know that's a bold statement. I know that I might be overstepping my boundaries, but I'm convinced of what I'm saying this morning. 
I'm not saying that I am the answer, and I'm not saying that you are the answer, but what I am saying is that we are part of the answer of how we're gonna change the world. You see, by ourselves, we are a part of the answer, but collectively, we are the answer. It's in the doing. The Bible says that they find themselves in a predicament. There's a lot of people, and there's not enough food. You see, many of you right now have a desire in your heart. You have a passion in your heart. You have this burden in your heart. You have a vision to change the world. Maybe it's through homelessness. Maybe you're, you're, you're looking to deal with you know, single mothers or single fathers, and you're looking at the problem, and you're saying, it's so big, and I'm so small. How can I even do anything about it? So like the disciples, what you end up doing is you end up doing nothing. Because the problem's so big, your resources are so small, that you just end up doing nothing. Jesus asked them, what do we have in your possession? The Bible says that they had two fish and five loaves of bread. And another part of the scripture and another gospel, they answered like this. They said, we have two fish and five loaves of bread, but what is it among so many? What is it among so many? So what the disciples decide to do is instead of fix the problem, they said, Jesus, this is what we want to do. Let's send them away to go and find something to eat. Isn't it so much easier to pass the problem off to somebody else? Maybe somebody else will see them. I pray that somebody else meets the need. I pray that somebody else clothes them. I pray that somebody else comes to their rescue. I pray that somebody else answers their phone. I pray that somebody else helps them out. It's so much easier to push the problem off because why? Out of sight, out of mind, and hopefully somebody else could get to them. But let me encourage you this morning that if God allowed you to see the problem, if God allowed you to see the situation, maybe it's not up to somebody else. Maybe it's up to you. But like the disciples, maybe you're saying, what am I among so many? The problem's happening. It's so big. I can't do anything about it. This is overwhelming. Can I tell you, even if they didn't have a miracle that took place, they could have at least fed seven people. Five people could have got some bread. Two people could have got some fish. Seven people. Well, what is that? Well, listen, if you feed seven people, maybe you'll feed seven people. Maybe you'll feed seven people. Maybe you can feed seven people. And if we all come together, maybe we can tackle this thing. And maybe we can make a difference. And maybe we can begin to change the world. But because the problem is so big and we think we have to solve it all, we end up doing nothing. find ourselves praying, God, send me the right people. And we're stuck in our prayer closets. When you're not going to meet the right people in the prayer closet, you're going to meet them on the battlefields. You're going to meet them in your doing. You're going to meet them in your doing. So you just got to step out and you just got to begin to do what you need to do. You're going to meet them in your doing. You see, the disciples looked at this thing from a worldly perspective because a worldly perspective will only get you to in a human perspective. It says this. We don't have the resources. Therefore, we can't. I don't have what it takes. They couldn't see the solution. And many of us are approaching this. You see, the church has become a place where we are consumers and not contributors. 
We get, we're a place where we like to hear the word. We want to receive the word. We want our ears to be tickled. As long as I'm blessed, everything's good. But the Bible says this, that we are not supposed to be consumers only, but you are supposed to be contributors. In the book of Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he went around doing good. We like to go around being good. But being good is not going to change anybody. You need to go around and do good. You need to see needs and begin to meet them. You need to see hurts and begin to heal them. That's what God's called us to do. But we look at it from a human perspective, what we don't have. A human perspective will always focus in on what you don't have. And many of you sit here today at a standstill, not wanting to start because you don't have enough. You don't have what it takes. God's called you to start a business, but you don't have the money. So you have good intentions. You have a desire and a dream, but you never take it past that. God's called you to minister to certain people, but you don't have the team to do it. And so what you have is a vision, a desire, but you've never stepped out. You're looking at it from a human perspective. But Jesus gives them a different perspective. He gives them a kingdom perspective. You see, a kingdom perspective sees the exact same thing. A kingdom perspective sees the problem. A kingdom perspective says this, we don't have the resources, but I know who does. Now let's get to work. The human perspective says we don't have the resources, so it's going to put this at a halt. But a kingdom perspective says we don't have the resources, but I know who does. You see, a kingdom perspective always remembers that our heavenly father has an endless amount of supply. I want you to know that God has it all worked out already. He has it all worked out already. Look at James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. It says this, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? We've prayed for people with great intentions, but we've never met the need. We've seen things that have moved us, but we've never stepped out to say, God, I don't have all that it takes, but the little I have, you could use it if you want to. Because we're looking at it from what we don't have. What if we look at it from a place where who we have in our life, not human being good, but humans doing. We need to start doing good in this life. Jesus went around and he changed people's lives. So the Bible says they come to this place. 5,000 plus people. They said, we got a problem. They're hungry. We didn't come here prepared to minister. We came here to get some relaxation. But the people are here, and we're hungry. And they're hungry. What are we going to do? Let's send them away. You feed them. We don't got enough food to feed them. Jesus says, go find out what we have. Well, we have two fish and we have five loaves of bread. We got plenty. Jesus, maybe you didn't hear me right. Five loaves of bread. 
And we got two fish. We got too much. Jesus, I don't think you heard me right. Five loaves of bread and we got two fish. Jesus says, give it to me. The Bible says that Jesus takes the bread and the fish. He blesses it. And after blessing it, he breaks it. And they still have five loaves of bread and they still have two fish that have been blessed and been broken. And the Bible says that when he hands it to them, that's when they go out and it begins to multiply in their doing. You don't get a miracle until you start doing. There's no miracle until there's action. There's no miracle until God sees an act of faith. And some of you this morning, you're sitting there waiting for God to bring everything into your lap. Use what you got right now. Use what you have right now. Whatever you have in your disposal, use it. All I got is five loaves of bread and two fish. It's more than enough in the hands of the master. It's more than enough in the hands of the master. You see, we could put an end to all the problems in the world if we just start doing I can't eat the whole pie, but I'll take care of my slice. And if you take care of your slice, and you take care of your slice, and you take care of your slice, by the end of the day, we see that the pie's taken care of. But we're over here looking at the whole pie. How can I change a community? Just change your neighborhood. Change your neighbor's lives. Be there for your neighbor. How can, how can I change, you know, help with homelessness? Well, you know what? All I got is five loaves and two fish. We'll feed seven people. And as you feed seven people, you go back and look. You say, I got five more and two, so feed seven more people. And you go back and say, how's it doing? Because God always honors action. God always honors action, and some of us haven't seen the miracle that we've been praying for because you're sitting in the prayer closet. It's time to leave the prayer closet and get on the battlefield and begin to do something for the kingdom. It's how it's going to change. It's not just about prayer. There has to be action connected to it as well. The problem's big. I get it. I understand it. But our God is way, way bigger. You see, you can't tell me you're trying to change the world, yet you walk past every opportunity to do so. You can't tell me you're trying to change the world. The problem is, is we don't like interruptions in life. We hate interruptions but the scripture is about, a, bit, about a, a big interruption. They were going there to relax. They were going there to get away. They were going there to recharge their batteries. And the problem follows them. The people follow them there. And they meet them there. They have no time to relax. They have no time to recharge. But Jesus never wasted an opportunity. And some of you have opportunities all the time. You go to work. And I know Susie in the next cube next to you. She's always got issues and always got problems. And you've been avoiding her, but maybe the problems won't go away until you engage with Susie because God called you to help her out. Maybe your neighbors are got issues and problems and you're praying them away, but maybe God brought them into your life so that you can make a difference. Listen, let's stop walking past opportunities. Yeah. 
if we're saying we're trying to change the world. Let's stop walking past the opportunities that God has placed right in front of us. What do you have at your disposal today? What's in your hands? Pastor Nick, I got $300, but I got a big vision. When you place it into the hands of a God who has the endless supply, $300 begin to multiply and begin to multiply and begin to multiply. How's he do it? Stop trying to figure out how he does it and just accept that he's got it all worked out already. He's got it all worked out already. We don't like interruptions. But sometimes the miracles in the interruption. You went to the store just to grab something and get out. But you encountered someone there on aisle nine. You went just to go get some spaghetti noodles. But Jesus brought you there to change someone's eternity. We can't say we're trying to change the world, yet we're walking past opportunities. We can't say we're trying to make a difference, yet we're avoiding all the problem people. It's the problem people that need the help. It's the people with issues who need the peace. It's the people who are broken that need to be put back together. They're hungry. Well, guess what? You feed them. They're broken. Guess what? You heal them. They're naked. You clothe them. It's our responsibilities. If we all come together and collectively bring our gifts together, we could change the world that we live in. But we're not going to do anything if we just see a big problem and little resources. We serve a great big God. We serve a God who's bigger than all the situations of the world. Sometimes the miracles and the interruption. They weren't looking to minister that day. They were looking to be recharged. But Jesus brought them to a moment where he was changing their perspective. You don't have enough. Get it into the right hands. And watch the miracle maker do what he does best. God loves when you take steps of faith. God loves when you put them to the test. God loves when you take, listen, you need to take such big steps of faith, if you can help me out, Sammy. You need to take such big steps of faith that if you fail, you look like an absolute fool. You have a desire to see people who are hurting, who are sick, healed. It doesn't happen until you begin to lay your hands on them and begin to pray. Well, what if I fail? Well, what if you don't? What if you make it? What if you make it? You see, the miracles in the doing. Just step out. I don't have it all together. I don't have every, all the resources that I need. I never knew a ministry or person that started with everything that they need. You're living in a dream world. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have the big team. 
You're never going to have everybody equipped and ready to go. But you know what? As you step out, sometimes you have to step out by yourself. And as you go, you meet someone else who's doing the exact same thing. But you would have never met them unless you got on the battlefield. Listen, it's time to start doing. Meet some needs wherever you go. Wherever you go. The grocery store see a person that has to put an item back because they don't have enough money you might not be the richest person in the world but you could buy the loaf of bread that they had to put back I know it's easier to pass them off to the next person but we can't change the world if we keep avoiding the opportunities to do so miracles in the doing it's in the doing it's 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 doing your best wherever you can and wherever you're at it's not just getting through the day at work it's giving your absolute best it's not avoiding the problem person at work but it's encountering them encouraging them and seeing how you could change their life it's not about avoiding the neighbor that just gets on your nerve because they're playing, you know, banda music till two in the morning. You got to get up for church at five. We can't say we're trying to make a difference, yet avoid every opportunity to do so. These guys were on vacation. And Jesus taught them the greatest lesson of all. What do you got in your hands right now? I could guarantee it's not enough. But I could guarantee also that he is. He's more than enough. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.